You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Just like that, the second hour is here, Friday edition. Happy New Year to all of you. If you're listening uh, across the radio network, we appreciate you with this great radio partner and live streaming at outkick.com, YouTube, Twitter, and much more. Keith Bullock, the special guest host today in for Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton. And to lead off hour number two, Keith, of all of the opponents that you and the era prior to you, really, I know you bridged the gap there, but in the locker room when I started, I would go around asking, like, hey, who's the toughest back post-career? Who's the toughest back you faced? And it wasn't, and they certainly are up there, Bettis, Corey Dillon. The, there's a group of backs. Everyone, I'd say 90% of the answers are our next guest. Fred Taylor from the Jacksonville Jaguars, who 12,000 yards, uh, just under 12,000 yards for his career, 66 touchdowns, amazing career with the Jacksonville Jaguars that finished in New England, and you're bringing him on today as our special guest. Yeah, man, my guy, Fast Freddy, and um, all, those, <laughs> all those things are correct, but I was a fan of Fred Taylor and Elijah Williams at the University of Florida. Like, that was, first of all, I liked Elijah Williams first. Like, he was dynamic by himself. And then the dude with the visor came through with the, with the bandana <laughs> going crazy. And um, I was still in high school, and I played running back. And I, I was a different style. But, you know, to watch that. And then um, Donovan Darius, who I played with oh, yeah. in college, yeah. went to Jacksonville. So I was always watching Jacksonville. And then I get drafted to the Titans. And then, like, he had already done cut the Titans up so many times <laughs> that Marcus Robertson, Blaine, Eddie Robinson, all those – Samari Rowe, Javon, like, that, that's who they were worried about. They were worried about Jimmy Smith and, you know, Keenan and Brunel. But, look, you better take care of Fred. And that's just what gets burnt into your mind as a, as a rookie. And that's just what it was. One Fred, welcome in, man. Uh, thank you for the time. Hey, I appreciate you guys, man. I always appreciate you, Bully. You know, you know how I feel about you, brother. Always love, man. No doubt. Uh, we've developed a real brotherhood and a real bond. You know, from our playing days uh, on through our post career, I support him back each, each and everything he does. You know, uh, from him in there flipping and making waffles, <laughs> serving you know? good people, good coffee down there in Nashville. I, I, we were actually there recently uh, doing some stuff with the Pivot Podcast, and Bully came out. We hung out together, man, just kicked it. But I'd rather be in a, in a place like y'all. Where's my smoky uh, whiskey and my IPA? Come on, man. I'm no. slipping. Next time you're here. I didn't know what kind of show we were doing. Man. Next time. You should have had the happy dad. I seen you come out flagging. That's why I had to put the, the Titans thing up there. You know, I know you do the, <laughs> the Jacksonville. Um, you're very involved with the, with, the, with the team and everything. And, yeah. you know, the Titans are, are, are you know, they're trying to back their way up in the playoffs. <laughs> and down in Duval, them young boys, they, yo, they, they, they're playing they, right. They're playing real ball. What's, how, how's the barometer down there, the feel? And, 
you know, just a little recap of how you've seen the season through your eyes to where they are now? You know, it's, it's uh, NFL football, man, November, December, right? And and now with the addition of an extra game, uh, it goes into January. But, you know, momentum is real. Uh, we always talk about sport. You know, uh, Tennessee obviously didn't start great. Then they picked it up throughout the gut part of the season. But these last six, you know, it surprises me to see them drop uh, six in a row. A team with pretty much the same talent, minus A.J. Brown from the offense. The defense has, you know, had been playing great over the years. And I think they uh, added some pretty good players. So it surprises me to see them with this sort of, you know, uh, uh, downhill decline of late. But in Jacksonville, it's the total opposite. A team who's been spotty, you know, inconsistent throughout the year. Consistent in that they're in those games but inconsistent that they can't find a way to win those close games. And then somehow here late, you know, November throughout December, the last five games, they've gone four and one. Uh, here they have an opportunity to, um, you know, fight for a playoff, uh, a fight for the division uh, crown uh, versus the uh, Titans next week. Regardless of what happens Sunday, they still are in position to uh, go out there and fight for this division crown. So, uh, we haven't been in that position in five years. Tennessee's completely dominated the division, you know, from even from my days. You know, we had our spurt, but uh, from 99, it made it a fierce rival. And now, although we like to consider it a rival, it's not really a rival because Tennessee's just dominated. You have to, you know, uh, bend and break and give and take and give and take throughout the course of those games. Jacksonville hasn't done that. They haven't done their part. It's been total domination by the Titans. Uh, they've been built well. they got an amazing coach. Uh, but now Jacksonville, I think they have a solid coach and Coach Peterson. They have a great uh, quarterback, a guy who has the ability to be great. Let me not get ahead of myself in Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's identified himself as the franchise guy, uh, which we need. Uh, Travis Etienne, in addition of um, uh, Evan Ingram, uh, who you have, Evan, Evan and Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, along with the veteran Savvy Bett and Marvin Jones on the offensive side and then on the defensive side, uh, led by Josh Allen and um, uh, Trayvon Walker, the young guys. Uh, so they're building up a team down there in Jacksonville, man, and uh, they're excited. They're young. Uh, they're just out there playing. They Half of them don't know any better. They probably don't even know the tiebreaker rules. They're just out there playing, which is good for them because bottom line means just win. They got to beat the Texans, got to try to beat the Titans in, in the final week. And the better team will come out on top and make the playoffs. Did you catch any of the Titans game last night by chance, the Cowboys? Oh, yeah, by design. I, I thought it was a, it was a, one of those tricky uh, calls by coach, but the game was uh, pretty much – I don't want to call it meaningless. I never want to call a game meaningless. Because you have guys out there that you want to take a look at. Well, yeah, coaches, well your the, coach the is going off. out there to win. Your coach is going out there to win. You know what I'm saying? The yeah, they're, 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 yeah, yeah no, you know, it, it, and the comments that I've heard from Doug and, and, and everything that's um, uh, come out of Jacksonville thus far is, look, we're going to play our guys. We're going to win. You know, they have a few injuries. On the offensive line, they lost uh, Cam Robinson. On the defensive line, uh, they lost the backup, pretty valuable, uh, valuable backup in Dwayne Smoot for the season. So now they got to be able to put guys out there, give them reps, and see, you know, their their um, 
see how they're going to substitute packages, what those are going to look like, see if the tackle can stand up to pressures these next couple games. They got to get them reps. So you got to play your guys. You know, there's X amount of games left. You got to play your guys and you got to see what these guys look like. You do want to try and be careful with injuries, but at the same time, when you play cautious, you know, you play scared and timid, that's when injuries happen. We all know that. And uh, hopefully for Doug and the squad, they just go let it all hang and whatever happens, happens. Check out the Pivot podcast. Channing Crowder, Ryan Clark, and our guest currently is Fred Taylor. Um, I'm curious. So I thought a great sign for where this team was is when they traded James Robinson. I know that sounds weird, but when they traded James Robinson (laughs) and they went all in with Travis Etienne, who's coming off the injury, you know, he had a red shirt year, quote unquote. I was, oh, watch out because the organization is fully behind this dude. And they just traded away a guy who was very opportunistic and took the took advantage of his opportunities when he had them in Robinson. Traded him the Jets, and it's been ETN. And what a dynamic back, and what a weapon that that we see now for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, uh, uh, Travis ETN. You know he's very dynamic. What he has to do to get better as a back is he has to take care of the football. You know, no matter who's back there. You know, my grandmother, if she's back there, I will criticize her if she doesn't have ball security <laughs> at the front of her, you know, priority list when she's lining up. Uh, Travis does have to take care of the football, number one. Aside from that, he's so dynamic. He has great vision. I thought he uh, outdoed uh, James Robinson in that department. Uh, he probably had the best vision of any back in the past several years that has been down in Jacksonville. And that also includes Leonard Fournette, who's an amazing running back in himself. Uh, but Travis, he runs with power. You know, his his shiftiness, his vision, his uh, ability to jump cut, all of that gives him an opportunity to display power in his running game. And he always finishes downhill, which is what I love in a running back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, so he's a great addition to what the Jacksonville has done in their uh, offensive schemes this year. They're ranked number six in offense this year, which is a, a testament to Trent, Trent Balky in the front office having conviction and not being afraid to trade James Robinson. I thought they should have got a higher pick than yeah. the fifth, uh, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. That's done. Um, but he made a trade. He did it with conviction. Uh, and, and, and Travis stepped up, uh, brought in three those three receivers I mentioned. All of those guys are 65-plus receivers. So, Tra- I'm uh, not Travis, I apologize. Uh, Trevor, he's been able to spread the ball around and not hone in on one guy, which makes them better offense because defenses just can't, you know, say, look, we're going to double this guy or this guy. You got to play sound defense across the board and give it as it or, or take it as it comes. So, you know, it's, it's pretty good what Jacksonville is uh, building down there. Fred, it sounded like you were describing yourself, but add two thirty and a four three to that uh, description of Travis Etienne. <laughs> um, that being said, man, towards the end of my career, I had an opportunity to play for uh, Tom Coughlin, and in the beginning of your career, you had an opportunity to play for Coach Coughlin. And I always heard that he's a tough coach. These things and the other, but a thirty-one-year-old Keith Bullock could understand. Um, more of a coaching style of a Tom Coughlin than a 21-year-old Keith Bullock would. So tell me about how it was for as a 21-year-old Fred (laughs) Taylor coming in to, uh, you know, with Tom Coughlin and how he kind of affected your career as a pro. You know, Coach um, 
just just starting from the back to the front, you know, he made me the man I am today, man. I absolutely love Coach Coughlin. Uh, it, it, it took a while to understand, you know, what, it, what he was after. Uh, all those years, coming to Nashville, playing the Titans, going to hang out with Samari, a.k.a. Doorknob. 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 Yeah, Doorknob. So we would play, you know, we would play uh, endless hours of, of Madden on the PlayStation. And when Coach Coughlin caught wind of it, he was pissed. He was so upset. And then on the other side, when Coach uh, Fisher caught wind of it, he used that, you know, as part of his strategy to try and get under Coach Coughlin's skin and all of those matchups. And he did a great job of, you know, uh, heckling and getting under TC's skin because that was the one thorn in our side, uh, the Tennessee Titans. And Coach Fisher, he found a way to, you know, kind of exacerbate, you know, those techniques that he used to to kind of uh, frustrate coach along with beating us. But uh, all in all, man, um, my first five years with Coach Coughlin, you know, it was such a, a foundation mark for me where he built a solid foundation and taught me how to be a pro, taught me how to practice, uh, showed me how to be a young man. And that's carried over in my personal life. Uh, the next six years, I had Coach uh, Jack Del Rio, who was more so a player's coach, more lax, a lot of gray area. You know, still respect Jack uh, because he still taught me a lot, too, as a player. But with Coach Coughlin, it was black and white. You know, anything in the middle, those were consequences. And you knew not you knew not to be right there. Uh, so you can either be on either side and you can deal with that as a pro. Uh, and then on the back end, I had Coach uh, Bill Belichick. Hmm. Everything that Coach Coughlin was is Coach Belichick. So it made sense to me uh, sitting in the New England Patriots meeting rooms. Uh, we played um, we played the Giants in a preseason game with the Pats. And I ran over to the field of Coach Coughlin, gave him the biggest hug that I ever given any man and said, Coach, I get it. You know, I understand. I appreciate you. This is what it's about. I can see it now. You know, even in year 12, I see it. And then that following offseason, I did an appearance in Indy at the Combine, ran into Coach in front of the uh, elevator. We talked for an hour and 30 minutes, felt like 10 just catching up on life, on family, on football, you know, just on post post-career football, just everything. And those are the same conversations we have to this day. I can call his phone and just chop it up with him, you know, on real life stuff. Uh, he just recently lost his wife, uh, uh, Judy, um, uh, some months ago. So I had to check in with him every to see how he's doing. But a uh, coach is just an amazing human being. Yeah, I got that. Uh, when, you know, I was only there for a year. I was a role player. Uh, I was kind of in a situation kind of like towards the end of your career at New England. You know what I'm saying? Hurt, trying to get on the field, do all those things. But it was great to kind of sit back and see a room full of – because all those cats with the New York Giants, they were, they were drafted under Coach Coughlin. And that year right. I was there – was the year before they went back and won the Super Bowl. And that was already on a good team. You know, things just didn't go your way. And, you know, I definitely had a tremendous amount of respect for Coach Coughlin after that. And I know what you mean by no gray area, just black and white. And if you could get down, right. you could get down. If not, you know, you could hit the highway. <laughs> and I respect that. Right. That's exactly what I think uh, all players should want. But, again, when you come in at 21, yeah. especially nowadays, with the sense of entitlement, these guys come in 
as superstars that are coming in making bukus of millions, probably triple as much as what we were getting. Uh, so I think it's a bit harder. But the coaches, the guys that get it at a, a young age, you know, not only that it make them a better human and, and a person, but it makes them a better player. It's easy to translate it to on the field success when you grasp those teaching moments that coaches like Coach Tom Coughlin, like the Bill Belichick's, you know, what they present to you. And I tell the young guys all the time, y'all don't know how good y'all got. <laughs> you know, you don't know how good you got it. Uh, so you take that, you take it with, you know, all the um, authority that you can handle and try and take that and translate it to, you know, off the field in, in your life. And it'll just make you a better human. Fred Taylor, our guest, he should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, former sure. running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, best sport, uh, Spurrier story you have, Fred, and I can't imagine you, uh, everything you're saying about <laughs> Coughlin. I, I, you know behind the scenes, but it, it had to be a culture shock going from Spurrier <laughs> to Coughlin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, when you, when, when you get to know uh, uh, Coach Spurrier, you know, he's a guy who went to bat for me. I did some bonehead stuff as a as a sophomore, and he he went in front of the student judicial board to to speak on my behalf, and I it just developed a whole newfound respect for Coach Spurry for him doing that because one he didn't have to, and another thing is he never did that, but he believed in me as a person and, and as a young man. Uh, but one of my, I guess, favorite Coach Spurry stories, aside from. You know, he would cut practice in a heartbeat to go golf. He can hear <laughs> lightning. You know, back in the day, they didn't have the lightning trackers. Uh, you just, you can kind of calculate it yourself. Oh, well, guys, that's it. Practice is over. We're going to take it inside. Uh, yeah, we're that from good, that, too. <laughs> yeah, we were that good, thankfully. Uh, but aside from that, uh, Coach Spurrier, you know, for example, you know, if someone messes up during the game, he would say, uh, um, number 53, 53, Bullock, Keith, come over here and stand by me. You know, it's not your fault. It's our fault. We recruited you. <laughs> you know, I would rather a coach just tell me, look, I messed up. Oh, snap. <laughs> just tell me I messed up. What coach would say, ah, come on, stand over here by the old ball coach. It's not your fault. It's our fault. We recruited you. And then he'll turn to the side and laugh with you. You know, but he would laugh it off, man, right. just kind of break the ice. No, but he's an amazing person, a, a jokester, a comedian, uh, takes his golf seriously. Uh, oh, yeah. But he also takes his coaching, you know, seriously as well. And uh, to have gone from Coach Spurrier to, to TC, two different ends of the spectrum. I remember my pro day, TC ran my tongue out of my mouth. Son, you tired? Or you want to get drafted to Jacksonville? <laughs> so he like no jokes, no smiles, no smirks, just straight, straight, up, straight like up. this. And uh, Co Coach Spurry was totally opposite. But both guys, both men, made me a better man. Uh, you know, and I and I I'm thankful to have been able to experience all the coaches I've had, from Spurrier to Coughlin to Jack Del Rio to uh, uh, Coach Bill Belichick. They've taught me a lot. I've been able to take a bit, bits and pieces from all of those guys. And what I do when speaking engagements, just life moments, talking about experiences. And, and they've all been successful. So which helps, which helps when I go out and speak to companies and, and young men. I have so much that I can pull from. And I wouldn't have that if I didn't have those experiences from those four guys. Right. Fred Taylor has been our guest. Um, 
Favorite running back in the league right now, not on the Jaguars roster, would be who? Uh, Saquon Barkley. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's got the good. You got to be Saquon. I just love Saquon's jump cut. You know, I, I love how dynamic he is and how explosive he is. Uh, I love that he's fighting through his injuries to come back to show the NFL that he is top tier. He fought back and he made the Pro Bowl this year. Hopefully uh, the Giants or another team will compensate him accordingly because he's deserved it. Um, just been through a lot. But still, uh, he's handled himself as a consummate pro, aside from his abilities on the field. Uh, just to mention a few guys, uh, uh, JT, in the, uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor, the way he wears that 28 with Taylor on the back <laughs> is a beautiful thing. He got uh, yeah, to stay healthy, and I can't, man. He got to stay healthy. And lastly, I can't discount my guy from Uly, Florida. You know, okay. the last king, man. He's, he's a okay. beast. And he's such a different back. You know, we haven't seen any back like that in terms of size since Eddie George, the stature, you know. But what he has that Eddie didn't have, he has the, the jump cut for such a big guy. is so good. And obviously, he doesn't care who he's stiff arming. He protects his body. He protects the football. You don't see him fumbling. Um, he can catch the ball well. Uh, he, he puts fear in the defenses. Uh, but those are, you know, just a few guys. I, I like all backs, but uh, those are some guys with different different abilities that I admire watching. Josh Jacobs is about to get paid, too. You know, that's Josh that's, will get paid. Yeah, that's the other one to, to, to Josh watch. Josh is going to get paid. He has my running back coach out there. Okay. Coach Kennedy Pola. Yeah, uh, he was here for a bit. Co- he just recently coached uh, Dalvin Cook up in Minnesota. Now he's out coaching Josh. I've spent some time speaking with Josh, and uh, he has that same ability too. So hopefully uh, the Raiders will do right by him. I, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but uh, you mentioned earlier you played linebacker, right, in high school? <laughs> so he, you, yeah. you started as a running back, I was an all-state running back. Yeah. All-state running back. <laughs> you, you, were, you turned running back in like your junior or senior year, Fred, so you, like, you guys like flip roles. Yeah, well, I, would rather- yeah I played – I played a uh, linebacker as a sophomore uh, uh, in high school. And, you know, we had a guy who was playing a running back, Gatorade player of the year in track and in football and Gilbert Grantland. His story is something else. But uh, uh, I, then I got my opportunity to play running back as a junior. So I, I did have some running back background, but Gilbert was the guy and it was no unseating him. He was like a 10 100 meter wow. guy. Dang. You know, and I was wow. 10 three at the time. Yeah, Gilbert was amazing. And um, so I got an opportunity to play running back as a junior. Then my senior year, uh, all of the, you know, the letters started coming in. I remember my first letter came from Tuskegee. Uh, That's where you were going to go uh, too, right? Because that was your first letter. That was my first letter. I was like, oh, man. And then I actually wanted to stay close. You know, I was a homebody. I was a grandma's boy. Uh, born and raised down in the muck in Belglade, had never really left Belglade other than a high school camp. We ended up, uh, uh, we did a basketball camp at uh, 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 Middle Tennessee State. It was okay. a summer camp. And that was the furthest I had left, gone to leave home until the college recruiting started. But Miami wanted me to play linebacker. And uh, as for all of the good linebackers they had, I, I still wanted to play running back. So uh, I, I went to Florida State. Committed to the Seminoles after my first visit. 
big mistake. Uh, and then Florida was my last visit. And uh, I ended up reneging on the Seminoles. And I felt like uh, Gainesville was more homely for me and more of what I needed in my speed. And it ultimately ended up being the best decision I ever made in my life. Nice. You feel the same about swap, swapping spots or no? Yeah, I wanted to be the, uh, you know, the next Ronnie Lott. I'd rather take the hit. I mean, rather give the hits than take the hits. That's why um, when I went to college, I was like, nah, I'm going to play defense. I got recruited to Nebraska to play running back and um, UVA to play running back wow. or safety. Yeah. yeah. So that was like right after Lawrence Phillips because, you know, they was yeah. more with the taller running back. So that's why I always liked Eddie yeah. George. And it was crazy when I got on the Titans. I'm like, oh, snap. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I don't know if you uh, you remember that um, 1995 Fiesta Bowl. I do. When Nebraska gave us the business I that do. night out in the desert. Yeah. It was awful. I was a the UF worst fan. game I have ever been a part of. Man. I was a U.S. So, I mean, fan. Imagine you would have been back there running the option on this. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Fred, this has been awesome, man. Thank you for the time. Appreciate uh, you, Fred. Love all the work with the Pivot as well. Keep up the great work there. And uh, next time you're in Nashville, come by. We'll give you some moonshine, whatever you need here at Old, Old Smoky and Sixth and Peabody. They and, do it right. They do it right. Trust yeah. me. We go get the hey, coffee hey, in the I'm morning and moonshine uh, in the afternoon. Hey, I'm, I'm definitely down for it. I can make you right. a moonshine old-fashioned. Let's go. I can smoke that thing out and do good things with it, man. But uh, just lastly, before I get out of here, Bully, you know, I love you, man. I I love battling you. Uh, even when you would jump from the five <laughs> to the goal line to try to make a tackle. And I see all those Spider-Man shots, man. And, you know, I can only imagine you playing in today's NFL uh, with the speed and the way the game is built. I can also see you down there as a, you know, a sub rusher on some downs or even out there covering the slot guys. Uh, I always say, man, our parents had kids 20 years too soon. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed those battles, man, and I love you. I hope to see you well, soon, brother. Much respect, my brother. You know what it is. Well, I mean, uh, Keith is, uh, I mean, you're younger than T.O., aren't you? Yo, what yeah, you think I mean, about T.O.? Yeah. <laughs> His agent said he's going to make a comeback, bro. You know T.O., we know. You know, T.O., T.O. Uh, you know what, man? Uh, it's hard for a lot of guys to give it up, but T.O. firmly believes that. Yeah. You know, if Tom Brady can do it at a quarterback position, he can do it at the receiver position. Those guys don't get hit like they used to get hit. He's just as fast. He can still catch. He can run amazing routes. I mean, I don't think, you know, teams uh, don't want that unnecessary media, attention. you know, and that, yeah. you know, that, that attention and that, that potential virus in the locker room. And T.O. doesn't, he didn't have the, 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 the necessary, he didn't have the, what the, what did Coach Prime say? I'm, I'm bringing my Louis Vuitton luggage with me. Yeah. T.O. had garbage bags. Yeah. You know, he didn't have the he didn't have that good baggage with him throughout <laughs> his playing career. And teams don't forget that. Ownership don't forget that. So it'll be a bit tough for him to get back in. I think ability-wise, he still has it. He can do some stuff. But uh, I think just overall, you know, teams will look at it as the circus coming to town, which is something they try and avoid. But uh, other than that, man, I respect his passion and his desire yeah. to still want to play. Because I ain't going nowhere near the game Not ever at all. again. Not at all. <laughs> hey, Fred, thank you, man. We appreciate you. And uh, hopefully we'll be back on uh, soon with you. And if not, we'll see you here. And we'll do some moonshine in the old-fashioned. I can't wait to try that. My man, fast, fast. Yeah, Bully got my number, man. Just give me a shout. Yeah, man. Uh, yep. I'm, I'm, welcome. I'm, I'm down to come on anytime, bro. Okay, man. Appreciate you. There he is. Ta right, guys, Taylor Made, Fred Taylor, has been our guest. You can follow him on, on social at Fred Taylor Made.
And uh, again, check out the pivot with uh, he and Crowder and Ryan Clark. Uh, Bully, he was awesome. Yeah, nah, he gave us gave us a lot of time. I, cool. I told him fifteen, but I know. I'm yeah. glad. Uh, I'm glad he was able to chop. The it way up. my brain works, I started thinking about. He said he started linebacker. I'm like, hang on. Yeah, nah, I think Keith started at running back. I did. I never even thought about playing linebacker. It was always a safety because in New York, linebackers were Lawrence Taylor, Carl Banks, Pepper Johnson. And, yeah, not me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, but then the league turned into what it was. Had you been in a 3-4, you would have had so many more sacks. It, it you know, worked you, it, out. It would have been different. It worked out. You know, you know I, what I'm saying. I, I, I think that because of my skill set out of college, I, I played two years at safety. So when I got to the league, you know, they tried to put me, you know, at they tried to get me on the field my first couple years in different packages and whatnot. Yeah. Um, other than just playing because we had a solid team. But that being said, um, once they realized my, my coverage ability, you know, they just wanted me to lock them up. So, you know, and I asked Jim Schwartz that. I was like, hey, man, why can't I ever blitz and get sacks? He's like, well, if you blitz, who's going to cover? Yeah, he made you sound like you were, you were helping the team, and you were. And that's the, before we got like a Michael Griffin right. or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we had like a Javon Curse, a Kevin Carter – uh, caught, like we had, a, and then those guys yeah. left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took a while to replace them yeah, for sure. And then KVB finally showed up a go. little bit after. Uh, Keith Bullock uh, in studio with me today, co-hosting for Chad Withrow. When we come back, we take a a glance at the top matchups on Sunday, the best matchups on Monday night, and then later we'll take a look at the college football playoff and more. It's all coming up on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Yeah, so there was a report last night, or yesterday, that T.O., through his agent, they were talking with the Cowboys about a return. He's 49 years old. And Terrell Owens, former Cowboy, trying to make a comeback. We hit on it there with Fred Taylor, with Keith Bullock. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Welcome back, Outkick 360. Keith, we actually have video of the workout. There's a a film video that his agent has referenced where he claims, hey, you know, Terrell's running a four-five, and he's that—that that was during his quote-unquote warm-up uh, for what he was doing. Uh, but the video with with To working out is uh, something to behold, uh, based Yo, on what we've crazy. seen. Here he is. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> you see the old men uh, running around and To uh, doing the same. <laughs> that's crazy. The, so you've got the actual workout where he was working out with Deshaun Jackson. That's crazy. <laughs> Here he is. So. His agent is pumping him up. You know, there are reports that he's also talking with the Ravens. But it's all coming through his agent. Jerry Jones is on the field last night at Nissan Stadium here in Nashville. And he told one of the reporters down in Dallas, hey, I don't know what you're talking about. There's nothing here. In fact, there's a very low percentage chance that I would ever be interested in this. What do you make of this and the timing of it, which is also weird? We've been talking about Odell for months he's still not healthy enough to sign right. anywhere to's 49 what's he doing 
Is this really? Is it, this cannot be legit? That's what I see. Um. So I first asked you. I was like, "Does T.O. know that his agent put the video out?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, he has to." Surely. Um, so for me, like, I feel like T.O. I like in the last time I saw him, like T.O. stays in shape. Mm-hmm. Like he stays ready. He's always playing basketball. He's always doing something at a very high level competitively that I have no interest in doing whatsoever. Um, right. You know, but other people are, are wired differently. And I definitely do feel that T.O. can go out there and get a couple of possessions. But what t- what type of player is a team expecting him to be? And what type of player is he expecting himself to be if the last time he was on the field, he wasn't the dynamic player that he was and we all known him to be and yes. why he has a gold jacket now. So at 49, look, I'm not saying he can't go out there and do some things. You know what I mean? I'm not saying he can't go be a red zone target and match up against the a rookie court, like take advantage of certain matchups, but that's doing a lot. You know what I mean? That's, I feel like that's doing a lot. And that sounds like you're you're just trying to make a package mm-hmm. for T.O. And why would a team do that? Well, I mean. What was his stats in the in the video game league? The, I mean, you know, I, who I, I knows? Just, so for me, like, you know, all, you know, all jokes aside, and I haven't even cracked the joke yet, I would have to see him. I'd let him come to practice. Put him on your practice squad. Put him on practice squad. If he still has, like, coaches and that would, like, entertain it, put him on practice squad and see if he can get off the jam coverage. See if he can – because, obviously, he knows the routes and all that stuff. But I'm just saying I don't don't know that he's going to – he's not going to demand a number one – or no, that, no, I just don't understand. That, that no way. I just don't understand because when I'm thinking about it, like, football-wise – I'm not understanding. Like, where am I going to fit Terrell into my game plan? Then it's going to be a situation with Freddie T was saying. Now it's a problem because you're going to get a reporter asking, why isn't T.O. in the game plan? Why isn't he dressed? This, that, and the other. And then T.O.'s going to have to answer. He's going to find – well, it, they don't even have to go to him. He can go to his social media and say whatever so, he needs to say and then – Look, man, it's hey, too much. And by the way, there there are not receiver, there are not personalities in the game like there were it, yeah. when you played. These I mean, kids are like, that makes you sound old. I'm not trying to say nah, that I, at I all. I don't even take it, it like that. It has quickly changed. T.O. was doing sit-ups in his driveway with Drew Rosenhaus live on ESPN Sports Center when I was in college. Yeah. With with you know the, the drama around it was fast. It was a reality show. Mm-hmm. And there's there's not that anymore. Right. And I don't think that T.O. would bring that energy to a situation. I think for me, it's more how do you fit him? Like, where does he fit in on any current roster? Like, what are we doing? It's like, okay, we bring T.O. in and it's like, just like, what are we doing? You know, because... One, like you say, he's 49, and we can't find... He'll be the oldest in history to play. Yeah, and that's fine. I respect it if he can do it, and I hope he does. But my real thing is, like, what, what are we doing? We, there has to be somebody else out there that so, is 20 years younger, you know, at least. I want to get your take on what his, his attorney said. Gregory Daniel. He's no, he's no longer with Drew Rosenhaus. 
We've been in constant communication with Jerry Jones's office over the last few days about the possibility of him returning to the Cowboys. Terrell is ready to contribute in any role, play any role, big or small. He's in outstanding shape. And then here's what made me laugh. <laughs> he goes to, he looks no different than he did years ago. I watched him run routes full speed with Deshaun. He's talking about Deshaun Jackson, who's now with Baltimore. He looked great. He didn't drop a pass. And then he adds in his most recently, uh, in his most recent workout, he ran a 4-5-40, which was his warm-up. He's a legend. We want to make history and see him break these records. If anybody can do it, it's him. So then Jerry Jones is asked about all this, right? And he's like, I, don't, I haven't talked to him. I have no idea. This is not going to happen. But then the reports come out about Baltimore, and he's just, I, I feel like the agent's stirring some stuff up in order to get you know, the, the recognition. I love T.O., you know, no, that's exactly what's happening. But, but I, I wonder, though, like, is there really a team in the playoffs that feels like T.O. is going to help them contribute to winning a Super Bowl? Well, look, man, don't you feel like T.O. has been saying this every year for the past three or four years around playoff time? Yes. Last year, he was telling Tom Brady to holler at him. <laughs> then he was telling Dak Prescott. You know what I'm yes, saying? So yes. I feel like, yeah, he still wants to play. He still works out. He still goes and runs routes. He still works out with young wide receivers. You know what I mean? Um, I'm more interested in seeing T.O. race Brandon, um, Brandon Marshall. Mm. Brandon Marshall seemed like he ducking T.O. <laughs> T.O. been calling him out for over a year. Be Marsh, step up. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, we, we saw recently Josh Norman, who was a barista. What? He was a barista. He could have hired him? Yes, you could have. So could have really got some all-pro Josh talent. Norman, I saw what you said. You're like, Josh Norman's really having a tryout, really? Yo. A workout, a workout with Carolina. So he's back with Carolina. He's going to be active, it sounds like, Did against he try Tampa. Out? The, the reports were he came in for the try, the workout, right? right. But if you're Josh, Carolina doesn't Yo, that's need the team, a, right. That's the team that drafted him in the seventh round, right? He yeah. Was, yeah, that was the they big don't thing have about to, him. Like, you, you know his evaluation. Yeah. Get out of here. So, yeah, he's a barista. You've, I mean, you you running the coffee shop. Could you uh, jump back into the league right now? Could, could Keith Bullock play this Sunday? No, we'll say week 18. You've got, you've got the uh, same amount of time that Josh Dobbs or Baker Mayfield would have in a new system. How many snaps do I get? Do I have to take? Uh, well, let's say 25. I don't know what Josh Norman's getting. 25? Oh, man, I'll be out there like Dylan Cole a few weeks ago in my presser. <laughs> I mean, da Dallas last night ran over 70. I'm giving you 25. Man, no way. No. I had no. I don't even – I wouldn't even know what to do. That's, that's why I think we spend way too much time on these guys that jump in for two, three, four weeks. Yeah, I don't think that – I could 25? Yeah. I, would, I would get hurt. I would get hurt. This will be like something freak. Yeah, because but you, get your, like, you get your injury guarantee. So it's you'll be over, happy. but it's been over ten years that I've like had to have my body calloused and like jammed a knuckle or my <laughs> finger is bent back or twisted or got or got a Charlie horse in my forearm. Like any annoying. I'm not even talking about like anything major. I'm just talking about something that I do now by waking up sore, kicking my nightstand. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? So here's the truth, though. Keith, you would get injured because you would refuse to play anything less than 25. And once 25 hit, you'd be like, you know what? I'm, we're keeping this going. F you. Yeah. You know, we're, I, we're, I, I'm staying out here. Now, if you were like, all right, bully, 
you get, you get this off season to train and you go into OTAs. You go now if they're giving me a whole camp, I could get to I could get ready for a season for sure. I don't know how good I would be, but I could get ready for a season. I'll never forget everyone's getting ready for camp, and Keith Bullock is getting ready for camp. He was eating fast food yeah, so he could sure. put on weight because he knew he was going to lose it in camp. So you did nothing but eat like McDonald's, Burger King, Captain D, whatever no, it, it was. It was just McDonald's. It was, oh, just, it was just McDonald's. McDonald's, number twos, double double cheeseburger, <laughs> double cheeseburger meals. You get the two double That's cheeseburgers. That's his training regimen. Yeah, definitely um, <laughs> after Vegas, because Vegas will be my last, like, after July 4th weekend in yeah, Vegas. Your last celebration yeah. until so work time. Be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Stay Monday to recover. <laughs> And then you go train the rest of the week, and that's like hell week. But, yeah, then that's when I got to, you know, get that extra saturated fat on me because I would only get to about 238. So um, eating McDonald's like that last week after working <laughs> out would put me at 241, 242. I love that story And so I could much. kind of uh, – I could afford to lose about four pounds during camp. And then Keith always worked out in Caterpillar boots. That was the other thing. Nah, man, Timberlands. Oh, bro. Timberlands? Yeah, don't do that. They were work boots. Yeah, they're Tim's. I'm from New York. Can't say Caterpillar. Uh, I, that's what they look like here. Sorry. Yeah, nah, that's cool. Nah. Welcome to Nashville. <laughs> Fair. 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 Hey, coming up, the injury report. Fair. Keith's not on it. He's not on, unless the nope. nightstand is responsible. He's not <laughs> on the injury report. We've got the the news you can use for your fantasy team, for your favorite team, your favorite team's matchup this weekend. That's next on Outkick 360. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It appears as though Jalen Hurts is not going to play for the second consecutive game for Philadelphia. Shoulder injury. He returned to practice on Thursday. He's listed as doubtful for Sunday's game against the Saints. That is coming through ESPN. Welcome back to Outkick 360 with Keith Bullock. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Chad Withrow back with us next week. Gardner Minshew started in his place a week ago against Dallas. Did okay. But Dallas, they forced four turnovers. And ultimately, that's how you beat Philly. You beat them with getting extra possessions for your offense. That's what Washington did, and that's what Dallas did. Those are the two losses for Philly. Well, that's why I don't think um, Dallas is going to win the Super Bowl. First of all, shout out to Gardner Minshew. I think he's a beast. I love He's a gamer, man. He's energy. He's a gamer. Like He went in and really had Philadelphia in position to really win that game in a shootout. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's what you want from your backup quarterback. Of course, he's going to make some mistakes because he hasn't, you know, had the reps or the time out there. But for him to really give you a legitimate shot, your like offense didn't really miss a beat, and that's from Philly. Now, now Dallas, you're almost in back-to-back shootouts with backup quarterbacks, uh, so they don't know. Like that's like just the right. coaching. Like it, Mike McCarthy's not a killer. 
And what I mean by that, I don't mean fig- <laughs> I mean, literally. What I mean by that is like, yo, like he's not instilling that go for the juggler mentality within his team. That's why Dak Prescott can be lackadaisical a little bit in the beginning of the game, have her turn over here, turn over there. Okay, we figured it out. Don't turn over the ball. Get our playmakers the ball. Yep. When you don't turn over the ball, now you're in position to score, make plays. So if it takes them to the third quarter to figure that out in the playoffs against a team that's going to score on just about every possession that when Philly's clicking, which they, what are they do with Jalen Hurts. Third best scoring offense right yeah, now. So. Yeah, you're right. Hey, uh, a couple of other ones just real quick. Lamar Jackson out again this week. That means Tyler Huntley. Uh, scheduled to get the call for Baltimore. That game was moved. It was flexed to Sunday night, so we get Baltimore-Pittsburgh. I would never come back if I'm Jamar. Oh, Lamar? Lamar. <laughs> you wouldn't come back? No, man, until so I, I got paid. So, oh, we got to get into this later. All I, right. I, I, there's can, a reason we to come back. We can wait it. Colt McCoy, out with a concussion. He came back and then had further symptoms. So David Blau is going to get the start for the Arizona Cardinals at quarterback. And if you start to look around the NFC West... The Seahawks are the only NFC West team to have not played multiple quarterbacks this year to this point. The 49ers have had Lance Garoppolo and, and Purdy. The Rams, Stafford, Wolford, Perkins, and now Baker Mayfield. And the Cardinals, Murray, McCoy, McSorley. And now David Blau gets the start for the Cardinals in what's been a terrible season. Commander's running back, Antonio Gibson, he's out ruled out officially and Alvin Kamara it looks as though he's playing for the Saints against Philadelphia coming up we talk NFL headlines with Keith Bullock on Outkick 360